Welcome, a listener, to another episode of Spam, 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 Humbug. This is episode 133 of the podcast, and we have another great discussion about Ultima 9 lined up for you. This week, Golden Flame Dragon will be sharing his thoughts with us about the game. He begins by noting uh, numerous issues that he had with Ultima 9. He's not the biggest fan of the game in the same way that, say, I am. And you'll hear my thoughts on Ultima 9 next week. However, Golden Flame does give credit where it's due. He heaps considerable praise on the soundtrack of Ultima 9 and the genius evident in how the composer put the different tracks that comprise it together. He goes into some detail about that, and it's well worth listening through to hear his thoughts on it. Um, it is really cool, actually, how the soundtrack for the game was ultimately composed and arrived at. And of course, the obligatory reminder, we are hosted now on Anchor.fm, which is a newer podcast hosting platform, a little bit more social. You can find us at Anchor.fm slash podcast or at spam, 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 humbug.com. If you're visiting us on Anchor, please be sure to give us a like, either like the podcast or individual episodes, and hey, share them with your friends too. Always benefit from a share on social media. For those of you who do the smart home thing, Anchor also puts us onto the Apple HomePod and onto Google Home. So try saying, hey, insert name of voice assistant here, play the podcast Spam 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 Humbug, and yeah, see what happens. Really need to think about adding that Alexa script, don't I? And as always, this episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug is brought to you by our Patreon backers. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and the Codex by that means. And as always, a hearty thank you to our co-producers, Seth, Golden Flame, Chris, Brickbat, Dominic, Violation, Cranberry, Christopher, Bruce, Darkwraith Dragon, Helgriff, Gronk, Pascal, and Thorwan. And now, here's Golden Flame. This is Golden Flame Dragon, long time no see. So, Ultima 9. That was 20 years ago. And as pointed out, since it has now been 20 years, and since 20 years is how long the series ran, we have now had no new single player Ultima game for longer than the series existed. Uh, a void that I and many others are trying to fill, so that's not so bad. Thinking back, Animals went on. The beginning, there was the wait. That game took quite some time to come out, as has been recently uh, retold with more and new interesting information in a essay that you can find on the Ultima Codex. But I remember Ultima was one of those games that, of course, always pushed uh, just the limits of the hardware. And for quite some time, my computer upgrades all came because a new Ultima was coming out. Uh, I finally switched to DOS because the Commodore version of Ultima 6 was not a good version. I, I got a new computer for 7, for Serpent Dial, I think. I don't remember for sure. For 8. I bought one for 9, and then I uh, had gotten at least one other one since the time I bought one for nine before nine actually came out. I remember buying the uh, Glide enabled video card and then having that computer go the way of things before I ever got to play Ultima 9 on it. I did play Ultima Online on that computer, so arguably uh, it still counts as an upgrade for the purposes of an Ultima. 
But the game itself, I mean, it was a buggy mess at first, but they did write by people by sending out at great expense the CDs to everyone who had bought the game and registered it that contained the, a patched version, uh, and then a couple more patches after that, I think. And it wasn't a bad game. I had fun. I enjoyed it. It was very pretty in a lot of places. Um, the world was small, but, you know, early open-world 3D game that would have been groundbreaking in a number of ways had it not been delayed as hard as it was. I there are I am not you know the level of staunch defender of the game that within the fury is for instance uh, it has gaping flaws and uh, you know I was not enthusiastic about the level to which it was a retread of Ultima Four uh, though there is something to be said for coming full circle with the Avatar story. I feel like that isn't an inherently bad way to have gone. Um, I don't think it worked as well as it could have, but eh. Um, I do hold some of the violations in lore continuity against it. Yes, Ultima Series was never good about continuity. I don't like the retcon from Ultima 6 that made the Avatar, the Stranger. Things changed from game to game. That was just the thing. Uh, that was that keeping the lore consistent was never a priority of Richards. Uh, he always had something in mind, but uh, even when he did have something in mind, he wasn't always the person most directly working on anything. Like, there were some things that I really feel like were easy misses. Like, Blackrock was such an important part of Seven. I mean, making the Avatar the Stranger, was, there was no need for it, and, but it didn't really break anything completely uh, as far as, like, what's what. But Blackrock was such an important thing in Seven. And then in Nine, you just get Blackrock armor. It's just, yeah, we took the name of this thing and we made it the strongest material for your armor. You're welcome. So that I roll my eyes on. and You know, they just needed to rename it. Make it Catalyte. I don't remember the properties of Catalyte aside from the uh, the sound dampening thing. So, you know, it was a less important thing. But uh, the things that bothered me the most were, A, Blackthorn. Um, I was very invested in the fan theory that Blackthorn had wound up getting um, exiled to Serpent Isle and had become a monk and had largely repented of the situation. I mean, the whole thing about Blackthorn was that he was corrupted and influenced by the Shadow Lords, who can, you know, turn an entire town into liars just by being there. And so Blackthorn having been somebody who British trusted and then was corrupted by the Shadow Lords, and then in the end, with the Shadow Lords gone and British returned, he chooses exile, takes off, and there's no reason for him to have stayed evil. And then just saying, yeah, sure, we'll bring him back and make him the dragon for the bad guy. 
using a TV tropes term there, uh, didn't sit well with me. Uh, he was one of the better voice acted characters. The scene where he ambushes you at, oh, what was the dude's name? I'm going to pause and check. Just a moment. It was Sam Hain. That was it. Yeah. So when he ambushes you at Sam Hain in Buck Den, when you uh, are there for the Codex, um, I think that's what it was. I remember particularly enjoying that cutscene. Um, but uh, what they did with his character was not, did not make me happy. I would have much preferred him to have gotten, if not a happy ending, a happy-ish ending. It was neat to have British get off his ass and go into the abyss and have that nice magical battle with him and beat him up. That was cool. You know, British doing that. Um, speaking of violations of continuity, the abyss has been destroyed how many times now? Like, it was gone, you know, in a volcanic eruption between four and five, and uh, then somehow magically back again for Ultima Underworld, at the end of which it was destroyed again. So, yeah. Um, just some laziness about stuff coming back uh, just to do it. Um, you know, the Abyss, Blackthorn, when it could have been something else. Wasn't thrilled with um, Pyros showing up, but given the restrictions that they were under, I honestly can't blame them for reusing the cutscene that they had originally created for a completely different purpose. You know, that was originally just going to be a dream that Lord British had where he, where the, the Guardian sent him, where he sees the Avatar summoning Pyros. And the Guardian's like, look, the Avatar has fallen. And which would have been cool. I would have liked that version. Um, but uh, I'm not particularly wedded to it. And yeah, like I said, I can't blame them for uh, in the crunch that they were under reusing whatever assets they could. Um, the other big thing that I will not, you know, cede to, to the defenders of the game is the Guardian being the evil that the Avatar cast off that he became the Avatar is just the worst plot twist in history. Um, it, nothing set it up. It obviously was not the intent in Ultima 7 and Ultima Underworld 2. Um, the Guardian has been running around conquering worlds for a long time and uh, and maybe maybe he didn't get his start until you became the Avatar with the way that time travels differently between worlds and whatever. Okay, it's possible, but that wasn't really the implication. Like, and, you know, there's the interview with Richard in uh, More Avatar Adventures where he talks about the Guardian and the fact that there could be others of that race and that the Guardian might even just be Darth Vader to some emperor that's around the corner. And of course, there was the widely publicized uh, fact that, uh, you know, Nine was going to take place on the Guardian's homeworld originally, uh, and that that was what the end to Ultima Eight was meant to show. So none of that works with the Guardian just being the Avatar's evil. And in addition to that, 
like, okay, we've been over the fact of um, the continuity being kind of fluid between the games. And so, you know, okay, we could call that a lack of continuity with the previous things, but also just the moral that it winds up creating is basically you trying to help is always bad. Um, like, and there was a little bit of that in the Enlightenment trilogy, um, in as much as messes are created that need to be cleaned up. Five, the underworld is created, but how much you can blame the Avatar for that depends on which version, which retconned version of the end of Ultima Four you uh, you want to go with, because. Uh, at the end of four, you know, you find the codex and you go home. And then in the book, the book of lore that comes with Ultima five talks about Lord British and the council of mages raising the codex, which causes the volcanic eruption, which causes the underworld, which, uh, you know, creates all those problems. Avatar had nothing to do with that. He found the codex, but he's not the one who took it out of the, uh, out of the abyss. And again, since he's not the one who actually took it out of the abyss, blaming him for the situation that causes the gargoyle invasion is a little sketchy, but, you know, you can go with it. Um, but making, like, I like the idea of the world needs to learn to get along without a savior coming in. That's great. But saying uh, you need to die to make up for the mistake of becoming a really good person at the behest of Lord British and trying to do your best for your whole life. That really doesn't work. And, you know, I'm not convinced that the writers thought it through to that point. That's, that's why nine is not high on my list of the games. Uh, I have not replayed it since the one time that I played it through and won it. Uh, I do intend to replay it. I'm in the midst of a replay of the series um, and am currently stuck in Martian Dreams. Uh, things that I did like. Like I said, very pretty in a lot of places. Uh, I remember uh, hopping around in the mountains, in Serpentine Mountains, uh, at night. And a friend of mine was over and watching over my shoulder and the night sky looked pretty good. And then the sunrise was actually really pretty. You know, it was not as interactive as we might have liked, but it was pretty darn interactive for a 3D game. Uh, we could bake bread. I appreciate that they put that in, even though it had no point, uh, just because the fans were uh, whining about it. Um, and... You know, I appreciate that that's a step, but I appreciate that they put in the Easter egg of letting you kill Lord British with poison bread. That was funny. The music. I really like the music. Not all of it. Um, you, you get tired of some of the combat themes, like uh, Rats and Spiders Low, uh, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, good, but not great. Um, but the... Creating a musical theme for each of the principles and then weaving them together to make each town theme so that they were all similar but different 
and you could see why each one was the way that it was. And then on top of that, managing to then make them a little more different beyond that. My favorite of the themes, uh, well, and then before I get to that, and then doing them in the minor and then major for uh, pre and post cleansed shrine. That tool was really cool. Um, I particularly liked New Begincy and Negative um, just because the pamphlet was great. Uh, you know, that was one of the ways in which from town to town they could make it different while making the notes on the sheet music be pretty strictly what they were supposed to be based on what principles were present by changing the instrumentation up. Uh, you know, New Begincia gets to be weird in as much as it doesn't contain any of the principles. Um, but, uh, you know, and then Turfin manages to mix in with those themes. It was all really great. Uh, the orchestral version of Stones is glorious. The walking theme I really like. So big thumbs up on the music. Um, the gameplay itself was fine. You know, it was nothing to write home about. The, the you know, weapons weren't super balanced. Um, it, was, it could be a little bit of a click fest. Eh, you know, that's described so many games. It's not something that I'm going to hold against it in any way. But it's, you know, it's too bad that Ultima X did not see the light of day. It's too bad that, um, that, that nine was the end of the series. Not, I mean, not just because of the ways in which nine disappointed me, but because of the ways in which nine was not well served by EA. Um, and so they didn't get to make the game that it deserved to be like, whether or not we like various decisions that they made uh, and various themes or, or anything about it, I think there's no question that if they hadn't pulled the team off repeatedly to go to UO and whatever, you know, jerked around their budget, gave them hard deadlines, you know, I understand it's a business, I understand, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, but if they could have made the game that the series deserved to end, then, boy, that's a thing that I would have liked to see. And But even when we don't like it as much as we might have hoped to, it certainly doesn't diminish the rest of the series. Um, you know, a lot of people dislike Spoonie's retrospective for introducing What's a Paladin, um, but I had more of a problem with the over-the-top reaction to Ultima 9 as if it ruined the rest of the series that had come before. It doesn't take those memories away. Uh, and I'm not going to pretend that it didn't add to it. Uh, uh, you know, I enjoyed getting, you know, I enjoyed that last conversation with each of the companions. Um, Raven can take a hike. I, I didn't need... I mean, I guess we needed a new character. It's not fair. If, if they're going to shoehorn a romance in, which I didn't see a point to, um, you know, I can see why they wouldn't want to perhaps elevate one companion over another. Uh, I always shipped the Avatar with Jaina, personally. But, um, you know, that obviously sank in Ultima 7. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say on it. And the other, the, the, the other big disappointment is it was so delayed that it managed to not really be groundbreaking in a lot of ways because it broke ground and then tripped and had to go back. And by the time it came out, it didn't shape anything or, you know, make a splash. You know, four introduced the karma systems, open world games, uh, first 3D game, so many, you know, a first real MMO. Uh, not to be saying anything bad about Meridian 59, but Ultima 9 managed to come in with a little bit of a whimper. And then, you know, that is made the worse by it being so buggy that that's what people remember it for. And, you know, it didn't help that that was what UO was kind of known for when it first launched, uh, you know, Coaster of the Year Award. and between the fan reaction to eight and then people kind of not giving nine a proper chance, um, you know, UO eventually managed to overcome things, but being an ongoing running game, you, you get second chances like that, that uh, games like Ultima nine that eventually get taken off the shelves to make room for the next Diablo uh, don't. I actually have no recollection of when the timing is between nine and the various Diablos, I'm just kind of tossing out a thing. Maybe, I don't know, Morrowind. Uh, uh, anyway, not the point. So, you know, I cede to no one to my love of the series, and I wish there had been more. I wish Ultima Forever had not been so badly mismanaged. But there's a lot of Ultima games and you can go back and you can replay them. I promise you. They are still there and they are still good. And thanks to good old games, they're even pretty playable on a modern system. And look back on 9 now. Replay some of them. Go back. Replay 9. Put in all the patches, including, what is it, dot .13F, whatever the, whatever the numbering was. The one that came out, the, the unofficial patch that fixed a great deal of things. Maybe try the fan dialogue patch or uh, economy patch, beautiful Britannia. But whether or not you do these things, maybe give it another try. Little benefit of distance from from the bugs, from all of the uh, furor of the launch discourse. Try to banish, you know, Spoonie's review from your mind. Give it a shot. It's not actually that bad. It's actually pretty good. I think it's perhaps a little more on light and fluffy enjoyment than some of the series. Certainly, uh, you know, in, in Martian Dreams right now, I'm really not sure how to deal with or solve some things. You're not really likely to run into that situation in Ultima 9. Uh, and like I said, some of the stuff about the plot and theme I wasn't a big fan of, but I got to walk around a first-person view of Britannia, a place that I have loved more than nearly any other fictional world, and I had a good time doing it. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you want to look me up, 
You can find me at uh, at Tapestry of Ages on Twitter. Uh, I don't use it. how much I use it comes and goes. Uh, on Facebook, you can look for Dark Unknown Game is the group page for my updates on working on the Dark Unknown. And uh, tapestryofages.com is uh, the game's website. So thank you and uh, welcome virtue. If you want to join the Ultimate Dragons, you can do so at udic.org, where at you can choose your very own dragon name. You can also find the Ultimate Dragons on Facebook. We have a Facebook group there. And you can follow at Ultimate Dragons on Twitter or join them on Discord. And if you're feeling really old school, you can even fire up a Telnet client and check out the Wearmount. Hit up the show notes for links to all of these. If you want to participate more directly in the podcast, you can send us an email. Or if you're feeling a little bit braver, leave us a voice message in one of three places, the podcast website, our Facebook page, or on anchor.fm. And you're also welcome to join us on our Discord server to chat with us, to lurk, or even contribute to podcast recordings when they happen. And again, links in the show notes. If you'd like to support Spam 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 Humbug, you can do so at patreon.com slash ultimacodex, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to episodes the day before they go live to the general public. You'll also get access to behind-the-scenes audio when we have some to share, and possibly other interesting content. But we also welcome your moral support. You can like the Ultima series on Facebook, follow at Ultima Codex on Twitter, or leave the podcast a review on iTunes. And you're also welcome to share our episodes with your friends and social media circles. Spam 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 Humbug is a production of the Ultima Codex. You can find show notes online at spamspamspamhumbug.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous. Be virtuous.